gents and everything in between welcome to free advice and people on the extremes past lady and past gent yes the aliens yeah, yeah the, i don't know what else <laughs> the sub lady the super gent yes. not that not that it's a continuum where the low end is ladies and the upper end is gents i realize no one was thinking have... that until right now uh, well i but the thanks. way i phrased it may have put that idea in people's heads but i just picked oh, arbitrarily sure, and you know i'm i'm subconsciously uh, brainwashed by the patriarchy just like all of us you know i'm just a victim man <laughs> don't you don't you take out your hate i'm just a victim me. man i'm not one of those men that's walking around <laughs> with lots of privilege yeah i'm not one of them come on man i yeah. Yeah. I've been so corrupted. Yeah, yeah. You trying to wake up? You trying to get I'm woke? Trying. I set I set three alarms. <laughs> just so sleepy. It's so cozy. Yeah. My, my straight white male privilege on top. <laughs> Snooze. Just, guys, Nine more minutes society, of privilege, society, please. Society, please. Five more minutes. <laughs> I don't want to wake up yet. <laughs> Who uh, chose nine minutes? Nine. Oh, yeah. that's the snooze on auto iPhones. For, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I wonder if there was a discussion where Steve Ten's Jobs too much. And, yeah, like 10 would be the standard, I yeah. think. I want more than 10. I end up snoozing for like half an hour at least. Yeah. I I went through a period, dark time in my life, where snooze meant two hours of every 10 minutes hitting snooze. That's so Ugh. not what you want to be doing. And it's so not time. who I am right now. I literally jump out now? of bed. I bounce my butt off the bed and uh-huh. I get up and I, did, yeah. I pop up to standing. Okay, so give the people some free advice. Yeah. What helps you bounce out of bed in the morning? What are the top three things that you do in the morning, maybe? I think, okay, what are the, what are the things that I do after that? Three, but it's not like I have discovered something that I'm so stoked to do right away that I'm yeah, jumping sure. to it. But you have a good routine. I know you do. I do, thanks. Um, I, I can't really make sense of this. I think it's yeah. overcoming resistance. Mm-hmm. I had resistance to certain conversations that I needed to have with friends, uh, yeah. lovers, family members. And I think when I was in that resistance and feeling that, oh, I'm still not doing this thing that I need to say, or I'm I, I'm not even knowing what I'm feeling. So it's all the resistance I, for you is primarily relational. No, um, a large part of it was like, am I going to do this one man show? Am I going to write this thing? There's also okay. creative artistic yeah. career versions of it but right, i'm just right. using that as an example oh, okay um, got you and i kind of think they're all related like as soon as i open up to one person i'm then like oh that felt so good what are the other mm-hmm. things that i can overcome resistance on what are mm-hmm. the other things that i'm avoiding what mm-hmm. else what other problems can i face what fear mm-hmm. can i follow now um and seemingly gradually somewhere around march or april of this year i just started getting up earlier and now like i went to bed at 2 30 or 3 last night mm-hmm. Woke up at 8.30 and was just like, well, I don't think I'm going to fall back asleep. Let's get to yeah. it. Let's uh, hop up. Um, so we hop up and then what do you do? Hop up. Next thing I do is if I set an alarm, which I'm not waking up to an alarm these days very much. but Hell yeah. That's had, freedom. Right. Um, if I had, I turn it off and then don't look at my phone after that. Smart. Go to the bathroom, poop immediately. Um, <laughs> while drinking water, I bring my water okay. bottle into the Good. bathroom and poop Good. without the phone because that... Puts me in a, totally. what are other people's agendas for me? What do people think I need to be doing right now? And I'm not, yeah. and that like conditions the whole day to be reactive instead of proactive. So that's I have a that beautiful, poop. beautiful line and philosophy. And I just want to like mm-hmm. highlight it, put a little <laughs> asterisk after like, fuck yeah. You know, I got so many gems. I can't pause on every one, Morgan. That's I know, but I'm for the listener. I'm the highlighter. I'm that bright <laughs> yellow. 
Thanks. Here's what you should really pay attention to. Yeah. Um, so then after I poop, I go back into my room and I meditate for 10 minutes. I set the timer on the Insight timer app. Yes. Um, I just sit upright and pay attention to my breath and notice when I'm not paying attention to my breath, gently let go of those thoughts, notice them and let go of them. Yep. And then refocus my energy on my breath, not getting mad if I go like a full 10 minutes, even not succeeding at it. The point is just to try. 100%. Yeah. I think meditation should be simple, but it's almost never easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's always some, and, and I'm just noticing, oh, is there more resistance today? Is there something that's coming yeah. up a lot more? And not placing a judgment on, okay, Whether today I have more resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Not being like, oh, this is going to be a bad day or I'm really fucked today. Like whatever I'm thinking. <laughs> I yeah. often do that. I jump yeah. to, I'm fucked today. I, I'll, I will. If I have that thought, then I yeah. notice that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's always just another layer <laughs> another of layer. zoom out. Yeah. You never yeah. have to be like identifying with the thought or the feeling you can step back yeah. again and just be an observer yeah. if you feel stuck you're like in it you're not yes. hovering above it yeah um so i do that and then i have a variable like 20 minute slot after that before breakfast which yeah. i've been doing different things in different weeks uh -huh. um for a little while i was practicing piano for those 20 minutes yeah um for a little while i was journaling about mm -hmm. what happened at burning man for 20 minutes to try and like record everything while it's fresh in my head. Yeah. Um, I think I got to get back to mixing and like mixing songs in that time um, or reading something that feels like something that I wanted to accomplish that I have some like clear mental energy for undistracted time. Yeah. And then I can look at my phone after I've done that 20 minutes and then yeah. I can make breakfast and call people or listen to an audiobook or a podcast or whatever I want to do while I have breakfast. Yeah. There is a, Great book that I read some of, mm. full disclosure, not all yeah, of. Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. Um, I think it was called Your Brain at Work, and it was by David Rock, I mm -hmm. want to say. And it basically runs through a variety of scenarios of how to optimize your um, your time and energy based on how your brain works best. And it's like how to order your tasks uh, based on those and what what to do and what not to do to kind of set yourself mm. up. Um, correctly and incorrectly in terms of maximizing the limited resource that you have of like your brain's capacity for processing. Yeah. Do you, uh, any effective. big takeaways? Of, like, um, that what was are you one meant of them. to do first? What are you meant to do yeah, later so not to? Block out time in the beginning for that creative, uh, that creative tasks and things that you need that clarity for yeah. and not switching gears between different types of tasks and thinking uh, you're multitasking because it's actually your brain having to rapidly switch between sure. two different things and that's a big waste and a, of... And a shutdown yeah. cost of every time you switch between two yep. things. Don't, yep. Yeah. So, you know, having those uninterrupted periods of time and knowing when you need to be, when you function better of, okay, I'm doing better right now in a social way having meetings versus I need alone time to accomplish these uh, you know, creative tasks or isolated, small sort of ticket off your to-do list yeah. tasks. Um, I think some of it is tri personal trial and error. Mm -hmm, sure. um, but there are definitely tried and true things that work best for all of us that we could all kind of heed those that advice on. So I think the book's called Your Brain at Work. It's good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You recommend this to me? I recommend it to anyone who's interested in this process. How heartily? Um, seven fucks heartily out of ten. Out of ten. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, but again, I can only speak to really the first half. <laughs> right, because that's all you got. I, I would start reading it again. Yeah. I just, you know, I get really, really intense and interested in things. This is just, I'm, this is an element of my personality mm -hmm. that I am like, okay, I can move it. I can move the needle on it and grow into 
being a little different, but some of it I just have to accept the fact that I get, it's great, I get really inspired and really excited by something and I go full force into it. And then I do lose interest and sometimes that interferes with task completion. Yeah, same. Um, I relate yeah. to you heavily on this. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Like, I also like to kind of like ride the wave of life and not everything needs to be like completely finished kicking and screaming. Sometimes I can be flit like a hummingbird Yeah. in a more flattering image. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> From thing to thing that I enjoy yeah. and be like, pop, peppy, and not weighed down. But right. other times I, you know, it's a detriment other times because I do want to finish things and sometimes I feel scattered. Uh, books definitely highlight that quality in me. When yes. I look, look through my Kindle and I'm like, oh, there are so many of these 70%. books. 70%. <laughs> anywhere from like 30 to 80%. Generally, if I make mm-hmm. it to 80, I'm going to finish it. And if yeah. I start it, I'm going to get like a decent chunk into it. But, right, right. Um, yeah, they're all over the place. And I'm like, oh, do I go back and read, like finish these books that I'm not currently excited about? Yeah. And like, I'm starting, I used to have that completionist attitude of like, yeah, like treating them like a movie. I definitely watch mm. movies that way. I don't watch like, I've walked out of the theater once maybe. I don't think I've ever done it actually. I really wanted to in high life I like how you just made that faux statistic. I like, (laughs) (laughs) if I ever walked out, it was because I was with somebody who wanted to, but I've never led the charge on, I'm not enjoying this movie, let's leave the theater. I always think- I don't think I have either. Yeah, I I think of, I don't don't know what that says about me of like, I'm serving the the thing, it's not serving me maybe. Mm. um, Anyway- uh, it's a pretty watching a but, movie though is pretty passive, so it's yeah. easy to just stay and let the movie keep happening to you versus reading. Right. I can go elsewhere <laughs> in my mind and still be ex- kind yeah. of experiencing the movie. Whereas you can find something to book, enjoy. I have experience. to. There's work to do in that. Oh yeah. An audiobook is different reading though is in hard. that way though. Yeah. Audiobooks are yeah. read to you, so I often find myself being like, oh, I should put my phone down if I'm really trying to listen to this audiobook and stop scrolling. I through struggle other with shit. audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah, I tune out. It's good for driving, or mm-hmm. um, I like it for. Cooking, other kitchen tasks, things that are kind of on autopilot for me. Yes, it's really yes. nice when I have to use my hands, but I have a lot of mental space. Right, because those use different kind of parts of mm-hmm. your brain. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm listening to an audio book right now called "Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationships." Oh yeah. Oh, I like. I figured out how to use the bookmark function to save clips of it. Yeah, and I really wanted to play you a clip, but there's so much Aww, other stuff to talk yeah. about before this podcast. And yeah, get it it's so funny because we Rob generally comes over to my apartment um, every Monday to record mm-hmm. this podcast, as we have done today. And we have to block out like almost two hours to like catch up on just yes. our lives. Right. And it's I have these moments always where I'm like, oh, ah, this is so interesting. And I want it to be part of the podcast because it's like often relevant to themes that come up when we sit down to do yeah. the podcast. And it ends up, you know, us sharing best practices of how we've approached certain circumstances in our li- lives. And I think often we talk more vulnerably in those moments than we do here. Mm-hmm. Um and, but well, it's cause, interesting because the people that those. we're mad at could be listening to this. <laughs> you know? We have a lot. We want to bitch and moan talk, about you guys. All the shit talk is that's, that's all, all, our only listeners are people that we're just talking the most shit on. Uh, that is not actually ring true for me as far no, as no, my fanship. No, mm-hmm. generally not. But I'm sure that some of the people that I'm closest with are also the people that bother me the most. Sure. That's just yes. How that oh, for sure. And, for uh, sure. And those may be the people that are listening. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure the identities of everyone listening to this right now. That's but true. Whoever you are, if you're listening, I'm yeah. thankful that you're here. Uh, yes. This is and an advice podcast. <laughs> right. We've kind of, we're sprinkling advice in there right now, but this yeah. is a pretty casual start to an episode, I think, for us. I like it, though. 
Um, because mm-hmm. I I think that sometimes when I feel Can you just move a little closer to your mic. Less it's hard because it's ah. so we have this weird setup right now. Yeah. But that is one thing about the podcast that I feel like, you know, and on the one hand, obviously it's a strength of the medium because it goes one way. But a weakness is that I do wish we had more participation and communication with you guys as the Ooh, listeners. I do wish audience? there was more reciprocal. Would you be comfortable one doing person? this in front of a live audience? We should just get one. <laughs> Start. Ooh, yeah. Did you ever see that Maria Bamford special? I forget what it's called, but it was she put it out two or three years ago on Netflix. I saw the thumbnail but i don't think i ever clicked on it because i don't love her i'm lukewarm on her yeah um the format's really cool though she starts in her bedroom performing material in the mirror oh i love it already and then she's doing it for her husband on the couch in the living room and he's laughing or telling oh this part's a and then she has three more friends over and they're all sitting on the couch and she's doing the material for them and then she moves on to her front porch and it's like 10 friends Mm -hmm. at a party drinking or whatever yeah and then it's like a small comedy club of like 20 people or so yeah and then by the end of the show she's in a giant stadium yeah you probably could have just stopped at like (laughs) two examples but (laughs) i love it it's cool to watch the progress of and like she's doing repeat some of the same material from before but like how it's developed a little yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's great (laughs) i i have a real um appreciation for when people put in the kind of like bumps along the road or like the give path. you the roadmap to how to make something like this yes. to inspire other people or yeah. show you hey here's if you want to do this here's right. what it means it, to me and here's how i did it right it doesn't just go from it's a thought that pops in my head and mm. now i have a an hour-long stand-up special mm. there's a lot of back and forth and yeah. ugly moments and messy stuff and and uh information woven in about oh the increments between by myself to yes. in a giant room. We and don't I, see that enough. We're starting to. We really yeah. are. People are playing with the form. And mm-hmm. uh, I think especially for comedy, it's cool to have an yeah. encouraging or inspiring message like that. Like I think the value of comedy in people's lives is helping them accept their flaws by mm-hmm. in, uh, magnifying them in yourself and then owning them and in front of a crowd of people and l- inviting them to laugh about it. That like gives people permission to be like, yeah. oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm stubborn too, or sometimes I have a temper or get jealous or am lazy, whatever the thing is, yeah. the, the, the comic flaw is. I think that we also are coming into an era where there's like vulnerability baked into the hero. Like the hero is now a more accessible, like we, we can see ourselves more easily in them. And it's not just these like impenetrable images of like a superhero. When was it big like and strong that? And, what do you mean? I don't know. I, I'm not like a big ancient media. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just talking out of my ass. I'm just saying oh, okay. that like. What's changing? When is this change happening? Or like, can mm. you trace it to a historical moment? Are you thinking no, of John Wayne? Versus, I can't. But uh, sure, sure. Like someone who is Joey Tribbiani. I don't know who's, who's a modern hero. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like okay, the the classic like superhero yeah. or sort of like a James Bond type, where it's like they're sleek, they're. They're, uh, perfect. Yeah. They're impenetrable in a way versus someone who's kind of bumbling and vulnerable and not perfect, but yeah. has these certain strengths that are heroic and beautiful, but in a way where they're vulnerable enough that they're accessible so that the audience can see themselves in it as a yeah, flawed Yeah, that's character. what makes somebody compelling as a right. character is like you can relate to their flaw and you share a vulnerability with them. Like yeah. Peter Parker uh, being afraid to ask out Mary Jane. That's sure. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. I can get on. I want this guy to win because I yeah, also Spider-Man have Spider-Man is. Yeah. 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 Right. 
Versus, like, I would say Superman, Superman. is a little less accessible Kryptonite than Spider-Man. Kryptonite is not such, an, uh, such a relatable flaw. <laughs> he has one, but it's, like, totally a device that was a placeholder. Like, What's your Kryptonite? The, people do use that now as, yeah. a, um, like, for uh, drugs or whatever vice a person mm-hmm. has. They'll be like, that's my, or that person What do you is think kryptonite. is your main Kryptonite right now? Mine, at the moment... Oh, um, what's my main kryptonite? Probably uh, World of Warcraft in this moment. <laughs> I haven't even really begun You've playing. You just started this as like I a new it. fun initiative for yourself, and it's well, already your kryptonite. You said in the moment, right? Yeah. Here's yeah, the I thing. Did. I did. I felt We're live right now. It's something that um, I probably was the most addicted to this out of anything in my life, and mm-hmm. I recognize now the reason how that addiction or that how it served me as an escape like the ways that i was suffering and feeling unseen or uncared for uh, didn't belong in in high school even though i had a relatively happy high school existence um it was nice to escape when i got home Mm. and have that and um as i found myself on the character creation screen so for those of you who don't know world of warcraft world of warcraft classic (laughs) just came out like two weeks ago or so and uh, i had some of the old crew hit me up on the phone being like Hey, we're going back. We have to go back. You know, like those lost memes where Kate and Jack are like, Jack, we have to go back. Oh, good lord. It's like, it's yeah. like that in Lost. <coughs> where am I from? Um, in Lost. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You gave me coffee at the beginning of this. So, so you started to cough? It's not. No, oh, good one. No, I Thank mean you. like the, the rapid um, uh, transmission oh, like, of ideas. Okay, yeah, there's shit just coming left okay. and right. Wasn't even that much coffee. Um, can I interrupt? Yeah, yeah, go And ahead. just derail this whole thing because sure, I want to say my kryptonite. It's not important. Yeah, what's your? I, I kind of judged it as not <laughs> that important. I do want to talk about. I understand wow the escapism. Time. Yeah. Um, I had that with Sims. Okay. Uh, Dude, you're gonna love World of Warcraft if you love Sims. Yeah. Back to my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, sniped. I like it. Um, myself, like my own inner demons. You are your kryptonite. Yes. I totally, to oh my God, I knocked the wind out of what myself so part hard. Of yourself though? Like it's not it's the whole the par- you, right? No, of course, of course, because that it's like a self, <laughs> whatever the fuck. I would just implode. If that yeah, was true, yeah. I would just implode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's that, that nagging voice that is always like, you're not doing it en- enough mm. and uh, causing me to seek external validation from other people that tell me like, what you're doing is fine. Yeah. Um, I really, that's right now. Sometimes I go through periods where I'm not suffering from that at all or or, or to a negligible amount. Um, but I am experiencing a lot right now, especially coming back from Burning Man and having experiencing the contrast of having felt so empowered to just be whoever I was in the moment and felt mm-hmm. so self-validated. Mm-hmm. Coming back into the real world, settling into it has been very strange. I agree. Um, yeah. Can I share an anecdote that Please. demonstrates that for me? I was uh, driving over here with the top down. Oh, wow. This is a really recent anecdote. Yeah, this was this, Anti- this morning. <laughs> this morning. I was driving around, uh, shirt off, sunglasses on, listening to the song called Top Down by uh, Earth Gang. Sick they bro. Just, they just dropped Mirrorland. <laughs> I was like dancing along no, to it, it at a stoplight. And this guy pulls up next to me with a DSLR camera, sticks it out of his window and like starts filming <gasps> me no. while I'm dancing. And my first reaction is tell him to ask people permission before you film them which is like what you do at burning man and what people would enforce in that community right and my second react i don't do that i am like 
Yeah. He's enjoying this and he finds it amusing. Yeah. And I don't really care how and he uses this. End up Post it online and make it go viral, dude. Oh no. Like I'm gonna be the guy <laughs> that they're memeing for you know, even Five if seconds. that happened, exactly. It would be a blink of an eye, which that's not going to happen. There's more yeah, entertaining things good. happening all around yeah. me. I'm not the center of the universe. No, you're center <laughs> of my universe in some ways. Thank you. Um <clears throat> but I decided, like, okay, get him in on the fun. Like Play with him and yeah. point at him and like perform. Take your phone out and fuck? start yeah, recording him. him <laughs> no, but like this is something that is clearly not that common for him that he's like got out his nice camera. I don't know whether sure, he had sure, it sure. out while he was driving or where that came from. Like it's kind of a weird thing to have in the driver's seat. <laughs> like just drive it along, snapping shots. <laughs> not the time, <laughs> guy. The focus, right? Yeah. But um, I just leaned to do it and I was like, uh, I don't really mind him seeing me in this day yeah. and recording it and doing whatever. He's going to go home and jerk off to it. I don't give a fuck. Like, like have your fun, dude. Sure. Cool. Like, <laughs> what is it? Why would I choose to be yeah. angry and protective of my image in this state? Whereas right. like, I'm not really going to be humiliated if someone sees me dancing in my car. And no. just, like, if, I love if that. they judge me and are like, oh, what a fool he's making out of himself. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Whatever that my worry yeah. was was unnecessary, yeah. so I just like let it happen and kept dancing and yeah. danced bigger because I was like, oh no, I have an audience. Someone's enjoying this. Yeah, you know? I absolutely have that experience when I'm in the car singing How? and dancing. I that, always do that. I go big. I realize that's related to Burning Man. If I didn't make that clear, because like that's yeah. the type of thing that a lot of people would you be doing at Burning mode. Man wouldn't be a big deal. And I'm like, oh, I'm oh, in the default world. I see. And out here, like. It's rare to see somebody not be self-conscious and see somebody not being like, how do I fit in in this moment and how do I not disrupt the way that things are going? Whereas like out there, that's every fucking where you turn is a person having their own little party. Um, I also want to really quickly, um, for people who don't know, number one, burners have super pretentious little lingo for everything. Mm. Not everything, but a lot of things. And I find it kind of like... Silly, but I like to point it out because to I translate, say some lingo? Uh, default world. So oh, yeah. the burners <laughs> call the de- called the lives that everyone else live that that have nothing to do with being on the playa at Burning Man. It's yeah. called the default world. So outside of those norms that are constructed for Burning Man. Yeah, it's a lot like. Um, the but phrase, I think it's kind of pretentious. IRL. When you're too. in World of yeah. Warcraft and people are like, "Well, IRL, I do this. I'm not a I'm not a mm-hmm. touring shaman. IRL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking human account." <laughs> As opposed to a calculator. Yeah, thinking about real. <laughs> yeah. Or some, you know, something that performs much more complex calculations than that. I don't know what accountants do. It's very obvious yeah. that I don't. Yeah. Um, I'm pinching my own nipple right now. Oh wow! Yeah. I find myself doing that now sometimes, and then I'm like, hmm, this is like not sexual, but mm-hmm. it is happening. Maybe you have some milk you need to release. Have you considered that? <laughs> If you need to go to a milker, they have those. This is LA, baby. <laughs> it's expensive, but it's there. <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> I think that's a great place to dive right into. Yeah, lightning round. Lightning fucking round. All right. The first question in lightning round comes from a reader named Bobby Joe Jim Jack Billboy. And he asks... How do I play World of Warcraft but not make it take over my life? <laughs> um, well, Bobby Joe Dingle Dong, um, that's a great question that you've Thank written you. us with and didn't improvise on the spot just for yourself. Um, I think that 
before you get into the mind state of playing the game and yeah. start playing, it's important to set an expectation about mm. how long am I going to spend doing this? What amount of energy am I going to devote to this? And what am I willing to sacrifice for this game and the time I would spend playing it? And what am I not willing? Because yeah. once you get in that state of being in the game, you're yeah. like, well, I'll just do one more thing. You don't set that concrete expectation at the outset of like, this is the amount of resource I have to dedicate this. And if I devote more, then I really have to think about, okay, what happened there? Where was that mm -hmm. disconnect between the gaming self that takes on that kind of addicted, like snaky quality of like, snaky. just a little more, yeah. just a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more power, one more level. I don't know anything about World of Warcraft. You're nailing the yeah, terminology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more wizard acquisition. <laughs> just need to get me one more wizard. <laughs> Come on, Blizzard, send me a wizard. <laughs> Blizzard's the company that makes World of Warcraft, Got so it's both a rhyme and a joke that's appropriate for it. that. Um, yeah, because it's it's all too easy, and it still can be too easy to if you find yourself breaking these commitments with yourself, then it's time for a real renegotiation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what's an example of a good way to set an intention like that and a bad one? Like, if I'm yeah. say I'm going to write these down. Yeah. Um, okay. Number one, yeah. it has to be clear. Clear. It has to be worded in a way where you can't monkey around with uh, it in that addicted state. Yeah, where you know? I'm like, well, technically, I'm yes. still. <laughs> yes, so it has to be super okay. well-worded and clear. Specific, then? Speci so okay. then the next one is, like, specific. Yeah. Um, know exactly what you're talking about. And the third one is, like, quantifiable, measurable, tangible. So, like, X number of hours or, you know, some amount of progress. Yes. But generally, time is better than progress because you're always okay. chasing the progress. Ooh, I'm now remembering an acronym called SMART goals. Yes. Specific, yes, yes. Measurable, measurable, attainable, uh -huh. realistic, <laughs> and timed. Timed. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, it was it's cool. similar to that. Um, okay. Just anything that prevents you from having wiggle room once you're in that like little uh, yes. slimy state. Yeah, but I love entering yeah, the Yeah, I know. And I think, um, I know my mom's listening to this. So <laughs> I'm just going to add her, hey, mom. Um, uh -huh. Watching TV series with her was uh, an uh -huh. both an enabling and a teaching of like, isn't it fun to just watch one more? Yeah. This was before Netflix. We were like watching 24 on DVD. Ooh. We'd watch, we'd like, as a family, sit down. Okay, me, mom, and dad go watch one episode of 24. Yeah. He'd get ready to go to bed. And she was like, just do one more. Let's, oh my God. Let's yes. leave him in the dust. And having a family member <laughs> who is like condoning that behavior. Yeah. 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 And it was fun. I mean, it, these were addictive ass TV shows, not unsimilar to the way that uh, doing one more instance yeah. or one more quest in World of Warcraft was. And like, yeah, it's fun yeah. to do just one more. Just one more. <laughs> and I think that per permitting yourself to do that every once yeah. in a while is fun. It's like, Agreed. it's like being that parent who, you know, is like the fun mm -hmm. parent a little let's bit. Break bedtime tonight. But just a little. Exactly. Like, let's have breakfast for dinner. But you can't do that all the time or else, number one, it's not special. Mm -hmm. And then number two, you just, you're not doing the more important job of the parent, which is to have that secure rule setting yes. structure. I, uh, I feel like I had a lack of rules Mm -hmm. generally growing up. This is the fundamental difference between Morgan and Rob, as, yes, we, as we've, we've discussed. <laughs> we've come up with a cute nickname yeah. for it. Is that it? The fundamental difference? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I yeah. For, kind of forget. I do too. Yeah. But the yin and yang. The, the yeah. gap. Um, TFT. Yeah. Uh, I had a lack of rules, and I think that I've been trying to implement 
rigid rules for me to follow and then feel like I'm successfully uh, passing mm -hmm. that stage of development on my own. Mm -hmm. And um, something that came up for me at Burning Man and a great conversation I had was about like the difference between a rule and a principle or guideline. Um, Ooh. And Tell us. Well, just that some uh, everything that I think is a good idea to follow doesn't need to be a hard rule. A lot of them can be yeah. flexible guidelines of in most situations, I would like to act this way. But notice when there are exceptions and when the guideline is not serving the purpose that I originally stated right. it for, right. then create an exception and do the other thing in those moments. So yeah. I'd like to start making more guidelines or principles for myself. Yeah. Rather than rules of like, if it's before 10 p.m., I'm not allowed to play World of Warcraft because that's time for work or whatever. Yes. You know? Yes. I feel really similarly and I'm kind of trying to do a similar thing. Um, and one of the other elements of it is you also have to have sort of a hierarchy between your principles because there will be certain yeah. things where you're like, oh, according to this principle, uh -huh. you know, this would be the winning uh -huh. outcome. And according to this one. So you have to decide, okay, what is the most important overarching one um, that most aligns with my values so yep. that I'm acting on that? You just said the key word. This is determining values. values. <laughs> um, there's, a great, uh, there's a great online assessment kind of quiz that you can yeah. take called the Life Values Inventory. I believe it's lifevaluesinventory.org. Lifevaluesinventory.org. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively simple online tool for free that asks you a series of questions and and then also asks you to rank them and determine what kind of what priority levels they are which ones do you need to do more put more energy in the bucket of which ones do you need to put less energy uh, in the bucket of interesting. it's simple but it's it's very helpful to get a clear starting point and foundation and give you some language around uh, why, what happens when these things conf conflict. And basically yeah. that's what causes stress when your values conflict. With your it's actions or with your, what you're noticing about yourself or um, when your values when conflict, you're, yeah. When your values conflict in terms of, uh, you know, you value uh, independence, but you also value community. Yeah. So knowing which one, not only do you care about more, but in the moment, which one are you trying to bring up more in your life and which gotcha. one are you trying to bring up less or end in which domains of your life, like mm -hmm. work versus relationships um, is a really, really helpful tool. And, and the stress comes from when, uh, you know, there's overlap. Yeah. Cool. So. The more like, you know. I'd like to check that out. Is it I free? do it every once in a while. Yeah, it's free. Okay. I've done it a couple times in, in my life. Yeah. Here I go. You want to just pause the podcast? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is lightning round. Lightning round. <laughs> this is okay. like the slowest lightning of all time. Pachoo, pachoo. Well, that first person seemed like they really needed help. So I'm yeah, glad I... <laughs> Good luck, Bob. Yeah. Um, next up. All right, sure. Um, <laughs> Kratom dash up dash the t-h-a dash poopa kratom actually i think i learned how to pronounce this from the last Kratom. person yeah what was it they, they said kratom is what they said or something i forget we already forget we uh, already don't know sorry, they definitely dude. told Mon me sorry, how to pronounce it <laughs> yeah, hey, good work. i know um but kratom up the poopa says <laughs> <laughs> asks okay how to stop being quote casually racist Ooh, I need this advice yeah. sometimes. First off, you came to the right people. We're both white, and don't worry, we have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> get ready so, to get splained, too. Yeah, don't worry. We've, we, oh, we're yeah, just the experts. Yeah. 
So I have a very diverse group of friends, and we all call each other racial slurs. For example, I'm either cracker boy, sister fister, or white trash. And I call all my friends various racial slurs based off their respective race, with the exception of the N-word, because I feel like saying that isn't really a joke. Anyway. Cool. Even though we've all been friends for years and none of us have had any problems with it, I worry that it's starting to become too casual. Okay. Racism has actually almost become a way to bond for me. Like if a friend and I can't be racist to each other, we're not really close friends. Mm. Is this bad or am I just worrying about nothing? First thing I want to say is fuck yeah for getting to that point of self-awareness and development where you're like, you know what? I'm noticing this is tipping over the edge of what might be appropriate. Uh I want to be informed and recalibrate. Yeah. Because so too often group mentalities prevent this from happening where the culture Mm -hmm. doesn't shift and everyone is kind of just kind of going along with it, even though maybe their individual members or even the group as a whole would be better off by reevaluating what are our priorities? What does this mean to us? And let's do something better. So fuck yeah. You notice you guys are outgrowing that skin of like ways of relating and you want to know what's a better balance. Yeah. Or you want to contain it to a specific environment and it's feeling too casual and it's bleeding into situations where it might not be okay. Yeah. Recognizing that difference. This reminds me a lot of the cursing, uh, the value of cursing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you ever looked into that? Like people curse and it feels good to curse because it's kind of like saying, hey, we're in a little group of people who are okay recognizing that we're not going to be proper all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we're cool here because we're breaking the rules together and we accept each other for it. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are doing something like that. Yeah. Using these words. So I think that a great start would be to name just like you did that. Hmm. It seems like racism is what I'm using now as this metric of closeness between Mm -hmm. people and familiarity. So you could make a conscious choice to think, Okay, what else affirms that? Yeah. And how can I replace racism with this other thing? For example, genuine expressions of gratitude. Yeah. Or being sexist. There's a whole <laughs> it's a whole range Just of Just migrate racism. all of your racism to sexism. That'll yeah. solve it. Psych, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> You'll end up with the same exact problem in ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Probably um, even quicker. Yeah, because there are mo- there are <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Ten, quicker than 10 minutes? Um, like immediately? Yeah, just that. It wouldn't work. Yeah, bitches be prevalent. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, BBP. Yeah, so, as, as they say. Yeah, because I think there are ways to express intimacy and comfort yeah. even better than racism. <laughs> Name one. Um, okay, yeah. here's a great example. So There are other rules you can break. There are other rules you can break, but you can also shift it to something that's both fun and positive. So on the road trip home from Burning Man, for example, Mm -hmm. um, Rob and I developed this joke about what we do (laughs) where where instead of like roasting each other like instead of doing like a sick burn you (laughs) throw out just like a really unexpected super flattering and sincere compliment and then you and then you like oh like what was the word got him like i don't remember i don't don't remember but yeah you react to it like you gave him a sick burn but you actually said something really Really? nice (laughs) and it's still funny because it's kind of subverting the medium yeah um and you get to feel good Man, wouldn't this have been great if we had demonstrated it with an example instead of just explaining <laughs> explaining what the joke is generally? 
Well, yeah. you guys use your imagination. Yeah. It'll be way funnier if you come up with it. Don't don't lean on us for this shit, okay? Like, do some your own work, right? This is free advice. It's not paid advice. Stop complaining. It's freemium uh, advice, really. We give you some. We expect you to do some. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that the first thing to do, which you've done, is have a dialogue with yourself because mm. you've already gotten to this point of noticing and observing this phenomenon. Props for that. Um, props for that. The second thing is bringing it to your group or, mm. you know, soliciting advice like through this kind of forum where you get other people's input before you bring it to your group of friends or try to implement something Maybe new. Maybe pull the person who you think is most like-minded aside and talk about it with them one-on-one -on -one first and that'll make it easier to talk to other people like, oh yeah, this person also thinks like me if you find that out in that conversation. Great. Yeah. That's a great entry point. Yeah. Yeah. Using them to kind of bounce your idea yeah. off of and see if they have similar thoughts already. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that it's hard for us to say like, well, this percent of casual racism <laughs> is still acceptable. Free advice, thumbs up of approval. Um, I think you can go by your gut feeling I and I think you can evolve slowly and incrementally. Yeah. Go ahead. I think a dogmatic way of looking at this and something that's peddled a lot in today's world, and it may be helpful for certain people in certain communities, um, is to say, these are words that nobody should ever say. Mm -hmm. um, a pragmatic way of looking at it, which I'm often in favor of pragmatism, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> is to say, the important thing is how the words affect the people that are hearing them. Yeah. If you r run into a cave and yell the N word, I don't <laughs> think that it really hurts anybody. And so like, it mm, may mess mm -hmm. with your psychology to do that all day for 10 days straight. So I don't recommend <laughs> doing that type of retreat for yourself, but <laughs> like, that is not as harmful as somebody using a saying like sister fister um, yeah. in front of somebody who is insecure about uh, their their places being welcome as the race that they are in the moment that they are. So it's yes. more about focusing about how your words affect the people around you than what words are okay and what words are not. And if you're getting into a state where you're really casual about throwing some of these words around automatically with friends and then there are other people present who maybe don't have that understanding right. and you're being exclusive or making them yeah. or uh, creating conditions that cause them to feel insecure – then um, yeah, it's a good idea to clean this up and be more conscious of when you're doing it and when you're not doing yeah. it. You can also, if you want to go one step further than just thinking about, okay, who's present and what are they going to think about it? Yeah. You can bring in imaginary other friends that are, uh, you know, would theoretically be victims of the thing that you're saying and uh -huh. ask yourself, okay, if this person and I had a, the type of relationship where, they knew me fairly well and knew that I had good intentions. Would this still be hurtful? You know, just sort of bringing them in as almost this imaginary approval committee um, and thinking about if they were there, how would it feel? And imagining that that kind of imaginary community is there all the time yeah. so that then you're not having to worry about policing yourself differently based on the who's around. Yes. And then you can feel in a blanket way like, I'm saying the right things. Da, da, da. Um, something about that simulation caught my ear, mm -hmm. which was... Uh, there are definitely other applications. <laughs> no, no, no. The, <laughs> assuming that uh, they know that I'm a good person with good intentions oh, mm -hmm. can be applicable to certain long-term friendships and people that you have an established relationship with. Sure. But if you're speaking around strangers, I often made the mistake, and still do, <laughs> of assuming that these people know that I'm liberal, feminist, open-minded, uh, self-aware, sure. a number of things that sure. 
upon just looking at me, you might not know that. I mean, I have earrings, but beyond yeah. that, like you might not have a lot of guesses that I'm woke like that. <laughs> and that gives you a so, lot of info, those earrings. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, it does tell you that I might not be extremely conservative. Probably it, not. People can make that inference yeah. at least. Yeah. But, um, uh, and some people, it, though, will assume the worst intentions of you no matter what and will be yeah. pissed no matter what the fuck you That's say. That's true. But I can move the needle and yes. increase the likelihood that they will receive me uh, without fear and defensiveness. Yeah. And so um, I can't assume that people know that I have good intentions and that I'm so woke and all of those things. Right. A lot of people are yeah. like on the lookout for and with good reason, uh, people who are persecuting them. And yeah. I don't want to trigger that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the joke like the jokes that I'll make. In this podcast, if, it, if it's your first time hearing this and you tune in at yeah. the moment where I say bitches be prevalent, you might be like, oh, it's another sexist podcast by a bunch <laughs> of people who like just think women are sex objects to be used by men. And uh, I think Morgan knows me pretty well, that that is not my approach to gender relations. But I, I got to be aware that like, all right, yeah. I am taking a risk by yeah. doing that. And comedy is calculated risks and trying to like find the edge and aim just shy of crossing the line, I think. Yeah, and I think I totally agree. And I guess what I was trying to point out is there are gradients of how you can police yourself on this. You can decide the calibration that's appropriate where you feel like, okay, I'm crossing that line, a percentage that I'm comfortable with and the percentage that generally the people around me are comfortable with and or can handle the the buyback phase <laughs> what's the buyback phase when you cross the line and then oh, you have to yeah, buy yeah. it buy them back <laughs> which i often yeah. do i'm using it as casual uh, slang yeah. because i'm frequently in a buyback phase yeah <laughs> cross the line. yeah i like to cross the line yeah. i like to also not because of the fundamental difference you know between rob and me right yeah um I am trying to repeal a lot of the rules and structure that I was brought up with that felt excessively Mm -hmm. unnecessarily rigid. And so because of that, I often am too lax. Yeah. So I end up saying something that under a microscope or just regular vision (laughs) is not super cool. Um, And I have to own that mistake and take responsibility for it and try to factor that calculation in the next time, but not completely shut myself down which i've struggled with as well um my final piece of advice on this is uh ask for advice from someone who's experienced more oppression a more minoritized person than me and morgan and me in particular yes um this i'm repeating things that people have told me that i i respect because because they seem to have been more the victims of uh yeah some type of racism and I'm just regurgitating some of my learnings to you, mm-hmm. but it would be better to take it from a firsthand source and not uh, me uh, reading for the part of white Jesus today. <laughs> <laughs> and every other day. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank cool. you for asking. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm glad we did that. Uh, Kratom up the poopa. <laughs> Is that a good way of taking Kratom? I don't know. We're going to do a special Kratom episode. One of these <laughs> get to we the both bottom of this. try Kratom and do <laughs> the episode air, yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. Um, we should definitely do a series of episodes on different we, substances. Where we explore advice from different uh, yeah. psychological point of views. Um, all right. Here's one from Doggu189. Okay. Always feeling psychologically alert in an Ugh. anxious family environment. Ugh. Please help. Hey, I am a 19-year-old male from Turkey. Just Ooh. a little sum about my family. My dad is and always has been valetudinary uh, uh, which means up- 
Valetudinary. I had never heard of it. He Don't worry, he goes on to explain it immediately Thank in parentheses. A person Thank who God. is excessively concerned about his or her health. Oh. Don't you hate that when someone who English isn't their first language teaches you a word and you're like, man, this is supposed to be my language. I'm supposed to know all the words and you're supposed to know just a subset of words I know. <laughs> Okay with it. I like it. Valetudinary. Yeah, valetudinary, which is a person who is, uh, I think it's an adjective probably, but meaning excessively concerned about his or her health. My mom, after being married with my dad for over 10 years, has involuntarily also become valetudinary. So she's a valetudinarian? That sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just checking. (laughs) This led to to me becoming also one. Oh, God. As the title says... (laughs) As the title says, I always feel on alert, like the mini version of a fight or flight, mm. neither feeling relaxed nor happy. I believe this is because of the family environment, as my dad and mom always complain because they have physical pain, ache, just generally being overly concerned about their health. I thought this was the norm of my happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the way that you said that sounded like a robot reading. It, uh, happiness is in quotes. Until... <laughs> Like, I, I don't understand happiness. And I'm like, what is happiness? I mean, every, <laughs> I feel like that's our all of everyone's attitude. Happiness? What is that? Yeah, yeah right. I'll buy a book about it that promises it to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ten simple steps. Let's listen to 25 episodes of podcasts by these two fucks <laughs> in LA. All right. Man, sorry, uh, whatever your name is from Turkey. I just, I'm really <laughs> botching this question with a lot of diversions. Okay. We're teaching him to <laughs> just accept and relax. Yeah, exactly. I thought this was the norm of my happiness until I went on a vacation with my friends where I was happy and relaxed relaxed first in a very long time and mm. slept like a baby. Fuck yeah. I literally came back from the vacation five minutes ago and already started feeling alert and not yeah. happy. Yeah. What should I do? I would massively appreciate help. Just want to feel happy again. I love this question so much. I feel like we probably could have done an entire episode on this question. Yeah. Um, you want to uh, save it? This re- <laughs> you can cut this and go back. <laughs> nope, nope, okay. nope. Um, this resonates with me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, as someone who is pretty much constantly trying to shed a lot of the things that didn't work about my upbringing that plague my daily life, including yeah. exactly the symptom that you're discussing of just that constant like something's wrong Mm -hmm. filter on top of everything where it's like fixing tweaking to the point where you're never actually just settling into contentedness. Um, so mad props for asking this question and I'm really excited to dive into it. Floor's all yours. What do you got? Oh geez. Um, okay. So noticing it, of course, step one, like the fact that you got to have a reprieve from it in order to come back and realize, oh, this is a problem. And helping you to see your experience through that that lens of like, oh, I can change how I interact with the world around me to create a different internal experience. Okay, so now that I know that that's possible, what are the specific elements of each sort of column, column A and Mm -hmm. column B, the valetudiny and the freedom, let's say. What are the characteristics of each of those things? What are the the systems and structures in place that reinforce them? And then by knowing it and studying it, you can figure out, you can kind of reverse engineer mm-hmm. the uh, the tools that you need to dismantle it. You're 19 right now. I've been there. 
um, and I've also experienced some of these feelings. And it's not at odds with loving my family. Mm. I think that it's a common experience that uh, happens all the time because we're in such a fast changing world that often I can feel like I resemble my times more than my father and that uh, like my family doesn't understand me because I grew up with the internet and they didn't as mm. one example mm -hmm. amongst a hundred. Um, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. And kids everywhere. I think this is a shared experience to various degrees. Um, yeah. You sound like you have a, a case of it that right now feels really severe. And um, here's what I think is going to happen. You're going to seek more experiences where you hang out with friends, go on vacations with friends, and avoid vacations with your family. Yep. And um, you're probably going to uh, expose yourself to some circumstances that seem a risk to your health. Or like you might get sick. You might go outside in the winter without a coat on and catch the sniffles and defiantly accept that and be like, it's not so bad to get sick, mom and dad. I don't need to be a valutitarian. <laughs> You know, and, I eat all the valudes I want <laughs> and that'll be important for you yeah. and uh, you'll recover from the sickness or you won't get sick and you'll realize like I don't need to carry hand sanitizer with mm. me everywhere and that'll be an important part of your individuation. You'll be individuating then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then probably you will find a stable life if it's possible for you economically and socially to um, move away or not depend on them and not have to see them as much, you'll probably seek distance from them. And then you may feel self-sufficient and like you have an identity independent of them and a belonging that does not need their approval. And then you may come back to them and talk to them about these things. And in that phase, there might be um, an opportunity for you to express your anger or feeling of alertness. And maybe you're doing this already, but um, once you feel like you don't need you don't depend on them as much. I think that it's easier to have that conversation from a calm place and have it not turn into a big fight. And maybe they'll accept that. Maybe they'll reject that. But you may um, find that you can have a relationship with them when you don't feel like you have to take on this nervous or anxious energy and this non-relaxed way of yeah. being around them. I think an important disclaimer or sort of umbrella policy yeah. uh, that I want to tack on to what Rob just said is that the first step is fixing yourself. Yeah. And really the only step that you can guarantee is working on yourself. You can't guarantee that even if you do all the change and all the work you need to do to change your mindset, that it's gonna infiltrate your family's culture. Mm -hmm. um, and don't let the fact that, that your family's culture is around this and may not change inhibit your growth. Because like we said, you're 19, they're older, they're a little more stuck in their ways, and they've found what works for them to survive. And that's through these, this alertness, this, these complaints, this negative sort of orientation. Yeah. Um, and part of that is a sort of assumption that I'm flawed as I am, and I will be better or I will be whole once this other thing is achieved. And so I also want to caution against as you listen to us give advice falling into that mindset you are you can stand up from wherever you're sitting right now and be like i'm whole i'm you know i'm striving to be content um and striving not to be in this eternal mindset and then there kind of goes the the day-to-day -day maintenance of that and the mindfulness of okay now that i recognize that this is how i want to be when i'm when I'm reverting to my old ways and I realize that, celebrating that I did 
and redirecting your energy differently. I mean, this is a principle that applies to any kind of change in behavior yeah. that you want to implement. It's noticing when you have fallen back and making that touching back in with yourself to make that conscious effort to do whatever the new thing is that you want to implement. Yeah. And so focusing one, on the yeah. positive instead of what, right. not on the negative because whatever you focus on yes. grows and you see more of that. Yes. So with this particular issue, it's very sticky and easy to stay in that negative, like yeah. always fixing, always dis perpetual discomfort, mm -hmm. perpetual striving state. Um, and so one practice that might help you as sort of a starter kit is reminding yourself to have gratitude for the fact that you even got to see this alternative way of being and remembering that you have mm. friends that you can be in this more relaxed, happy mindset yeah. with and that you even found that. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps that gives you some empathy for your family who wasn't exposed to that. And they are the more evolved version of what they came from. Yeah. I think once you yeah. gain some distance or independence from this way of thinking, it may help you to examine what are the causes that cause my dad to be such a health freak. Mm -hmm. And then you may find it easier to have compassion for him or forgive that behavior and the stress that it's caused you. If you look at him as, yeah. oh, he's influenced, you know, maybe it was a sickness as a child or someone in his family. And, and that may, if you can trace it to a source, may make it easier for you to forgive him for the pain that this has caused you. Yeah. Yeah, so acknowledging that every human being on this planet is just there trying to do their best and some people are more entrenched in the uh, tactics they've chosen to try to do that to the point where it no longer serves them. Yeah. But every time you, you kind of pop your head above water and remember like, oh, it's freer up here, it's better up here, you're helping yourself grow up that ladder and get to the place that you want to be. So like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget to tell myself this all the time. I get mm -hmm. so lost and so steeped in like, must be better, must be better, do, must do this, must know this, must achieve this. And I forget to enjoy my goddamn life. Mm. You forget that you worked so hard to get to the state you're in now. Yeah. And you're always striving for the next thing. And so it's that day-to-day -day mindfulness practice of, Okay, Morgan, we set the goddamn intention mm. to be relax, enjoy your life, trust that the X, Y, or Z thing that you're striving for now will eventually fall into place. The point of your life isn't to just scramble right. the whole time. Yeah, You want to scramble and rest and enjoy the polarity of that. And there are, there are factors in your life that will try and claim you for one side mm -hmm. or the other entirely of... The school system is about how can you exploit your, your natural talents and gifts. It's all about mm. that mindset of turning you into someone who's productive and makes things yes. and can, contributes. Capitalism. And then there's a whole other way of being. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking of just being and not yeah. exploiting anything, not contributing anything, not accomplishing anything, or just being still. I mean, let's say you become a monk and meditate. I, I don't know. Maybe monks are contributing something to the outside world. But that is 
people respect that if you're wearing a robe, but not, <laughs> but don't respect that if you're on your couch and you have a Netflix, your parents' Netflix subscription, you know? If you're in a robe and you've fastidiously shaved your head, yeah, yeah. you're good. You're if good you're to in watch a robe much Netflix and you're you a hair overgrown everywhere and you go get a job, no. Right, no. right. Yeah, it's yeah. where you've positioned yourself. It seems intentional that you meant to be doing nothing, then it's, wow, so much respect for that person and their, their lifestyle. But if it seems like you're in a world where you were trying to have a job and you don't, then it's like, oh. <laughs> What a failure. person should have just been a monk from the start. <laughs> yeah. It's all a perspective. It's all like a filter. And mm. we get so stuck in our respective ones that we forget that other people experience completely different realities and are like fine with it. Yes. You can be whatever you want to be. And uh, when you're on your deathbed, you're probably not going to be thinking about how other people saw you as the most important measure of your life of, oh, man, people really didn't judge me for being a slob. I'm so glad yeah. that I was productive in my 20s or however old you are, 19. Um, yeah. it's, it's up to you to decide what's important and what kind of life you want to live. It's yours. No one else can live it for you. And so determine how much do you want to exploit and how much do you want to explore? How much do you want to be in that doing phase? And how much do you want to be in that like stepping back and just soaking it all in? What's I think the right the, balance I, for you? Yes. I think the, just quickly, the yeah. explore, exploit, idea could you just could you just quick little definite you know if they were in a textbook it's like highlighted like here's the definition of the principle um i think i got this from allison gopnik um who wrote a book called the gardener and the carpenter on two different parenting styles and um because i've heard this expression i just yeah so exploration is what kids naturally do and exploitation is more what adults naturally do Uh, uh, exploration is um non-goal oriented uh it's Mm. not there's no specific product in mind at the end it's just like let's see what's here let's see what's there it's more of a state of play and i would say probably is more aligned with a person's femininity Mm. um whereas uh exploitation is about okay i know how to speak two languages so i'm going to translate this many pages and make this much money and Mm -hmm. i'm going to accomplish this goal and i'm going to become a better translator than this person and i'm going to contribute to society by like making sure that this book is readable in this language and that's more of an exploitative way of approaching that whereas exploring is like oh what's that sound that someone's making with their mouth i'd like to learn this language or i'd like to not even having that goal of learning it but um i've had i've heard it differently of like Yeah, um, I think someone was sort of explaining it in the context of like, let's say you uh, are deciding where to eat. Okay. And the explorer position would be, let's try something new and take a chance, take the take on yes. the risk I of like, this could works. be bad versus exploit. Like, I know that this restaurant has this dish that I like and I know what kind of experience I'm going to have, so I'm going to just do it. That's in line with this paradigm as yeah. well, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think of it as like inhaling and exhaling. Like exploring is you're gathering information, uh, you're inhaling, and then mm-hmm. exploiting is what are you going to do with that? Like how are you going to use you're it? You're condensing for a, it into a, a value. Cause. Yeah, like what, where are you going to blow that air? Are you going <laughs> to cool. inflate a balloon? Are you going to what? You know, yeah, I do see that as candle. fitting the feminine masculine then. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for that little time out. I think we probably was, sufficiently covered the question and more. And that um, sneakily <laughs> was actually not in the lightning round. That was our main question. Really? Yeah. Based on the amount of time we spent on it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, we got to wrap this thing up. So like, uh, yeah, that was the main question, suckos. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much to dogu189 um, 
for sharing your uh, your dilemma with us. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, what can people do if they are experiencing any kind of situation they want advice on? They can email freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Write us your little situation. Yeah. Let us help you with it. Or we just want to. Throw it up on Reddit's advice subreddit and hope for the best that we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's better to email us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely email us. Yeah. Um, we love the emails. Yeah. Even if you don't have advice so and you great. just want to, like, some people have been sending in pictures of them listening with their puppy and their new puppy loves <laughs> the podcast. And it's like so nice to receive those puppy pictures. So just, you know, <laughs> feel free to do that. <laughs> do we accept other pets? Um, as long as they're mammals. Please, okay. no fish pics. <laughs> No one wants an unsolicited fish pick. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gross. Can they even really hear it through the water? That's what I'm wondering. Right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, that was great. I think we yeah. should get a specific sound effect for the lightning round. No, I mean Is like not one that we hand make, uh, vocally make, but like like a little <laughs> button we can push okay. that like does a specific thing. I'm down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could get like one of those staples buttons yes. that says, that was easy. Except, yeah, we would program it to make a lightning sound of some uh, kind. Do you know programming? No. Do you know how to reprogram no. a staples button? No. I'm just. So this is one of those things Rob's going to do. We're on the Rob list. It would be cool for you to figure out how to no, do it. No, no, no. I'll me. figure it out. I'll find a sound effect. I'll oh, find wait, a sound effect. I'll find a little audio file. And I will send it to you. You're going to put it on a staples. Oh, you're going to send me an audio file, and it's my job to get it. No, into you're just going to put it in. You're just going to, it's a post-production audio engineering thing. We're not really going to have a button. I mean, the, the employees. It would be fun. The employees us. at Staples seem pretty helpful. If you wanted me to ask them about reprogramming it or like getting to the guy who says that was easy and getting him to say this instead and just like redoing one of the buttons. Okay. What if we even recorded us doing the yeah. pachoo, pachoo, pachoo? Oh, yeah. but then put it on a button that we could smack. Listen, it doesn't really have to be a button. My point Big is just button. for internal consistency. And a recognizable sound for us yeah. to have as an effect. I think that my after the fact doesn't have to be live. Of, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty up there. Yeah. I think ninetieth percentile. All, they're the same. Right? Like if yeah. you gave a blind or a deaf test to somebody who's trying to distinguish the difference between what's a blind and deaf test. <laughs> you know, like a double blind test. Like oh. because this is related to audio, I was like, maybe there's such a thing as a I deaf see. test. I see. I see. I yeah. see. But if you want real scientific results, you got to give them the Helen Keller, which is both. <laughs> <laughs> so do we feel like the new metric for comfort in our podcasting and friendship is making fun of Helen Keller? Should we repeal um, it? Helen Keller's been dead. Long. The statue of limitations on Helen Keller yeah, jokes. Like, I agree. Uh, it, she's she's died for our hum for our comedic sins. I think she's kind of comedy <laughs> Jesus. Like, thank you, Helen Keller, for suffering so much that and giving us so all true. a common reference point of someone that we can be like. Well, fucking glad at least it wasn't her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. It's like it's so cool that you learned how to write and shit by somebody spelling a W in yeah. your hand while they were running water over. And the it. water it's, thing still yeah. doesn't make sense to me how you pieced that together. I've only ever <laughs> seen it like parodied. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really doesn't, seen the real movie. <laughs> doesn't seem right. But I didn't even know her personally. You know. Yeah. Um those facial burns that you had from the time that you answered the iron, uh, they oh. gave us some great laughs. And the times that your parents yeah. punished you by rearranging the furniture, like there's a lot of great jokes that have to do. With oh, that's you. a really sad one. I didn't know that about the furniture rearranging. <laughs> this is a joke. Oh, like, it's a how joke. Do you, how do you punish Helen Keller? Oh, how do your parents punish her? Oh, rearrange the furniture. <laughs> shit. I could uh, just be thudding all any, over the place. Do you have any good Helen Keller jokes to wrap this one up. 
Uh, what can Helen Keller do if she wants to ask us for advice? I don't know. What can she do? I, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, that was an anti-joke. I'll, I'll give you guys a, a real one. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, um, yeah, okay. Why... <laughs> why... Why couldn't you hear Helen Keller screaming when she had an orgasm? Why? She was wearing mittens. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night.